Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, friends. It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents The Broadway Cast. It's a brand spanking new weekly podcast that brings the pages of Playbill to life and delivers it directly to theater fans around the world. Every episode will feature Broadway news and exclusive stories from the most notable Broadway personalities. Additionally, the Broadway cast will give a voice to fans like they've never had before. Let's get things started now with the Playbill Pulse. Here to tell us what's happening on the boards, we have social media manager from Playbill. This is Felicia Fitzpatrick. Hello, Felicia. Hi, Ben. It's nice to see you. Welcome to the Broadcast Studio. It's always good to see you. Yeah, so tell us what's happening. What do we need to know about? Oh my gosh. Well, it's all about the plays lately, I feel like. A lot of play action. Lynn Nottage's Sweat, the Pulitzer Prize winning, the Tony nominated Sweat closed on June 25th. Ah. I know, kind of a bummer, but it, it got a lot of attention while it was up and everyone's really excited they have some future plans for it and present laughter and the little foxes both closed on july 2nd broadway's losing some star power there kevin klein cynthia nixon laura linney the classics and you would think we're winding down for the summer but indecent paula vogel's indecent tony nominated pulitzer prize nominated actually pushed back their closing date i heard this this is so tremendous and i heard that they made a curtain speech at the show announcing yeah. that although the closing was set to be that next day. Right. Instead, the producers gathered them around and Daryl Roth was like, we've had such an outpouring of support. We're going to push back the closing date to August 6th. So all of these audiences coming to the theater district over the summer are going to get to see it. And yet she persisted. Nevertheless, she persisted. Yeah. 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 And Akirete, Anadawan and Ingrid Michelson are starting in The Great Comet. That's very exciting. No, um, Oak is back on the boards. Yeah, he's coming in for Pierre, for Josh Groban's role. And then Ingrid is taking over Sonia from Britain Ashford. And it's thrilling. That is thrilling. What a time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive <laughs> and a great time to get back out and see the Great Comet again. Yes. Well, thank you so very much for keeping us in touch with the Playbill Pulse. Thank you, Ben. Bye, Felicia. <gasps> oh. oh, dear. Give my regards to Broadway. Remember- a lullaby of Broadway. There's a kid in the middle of nowhere who's sitting there living for Tony performances, singing and flipping along with the Pippins and Wickets and Kinky's Matildas and Mormonses. So we might reassure that kid and do something to spur that kid. Because I promise you, all of us up here tonight, we were that kid and now we're big. <laughs> Hello, you beautiful theater fans out there. It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents the Broadway Cast. We are recording live in the heart of Times Square, center of the universe. On today's show, we're chatting with an incredible panel of stars who have found success both on the stage and on screens, big and small. Let's welcome our first guest. She's currently starring opposite Matthew Perry in The End of Longing. She's also starred on Broadway as Kate Keller in The Miracle Worker, and you may know her best from her role as Allison Cameron in House and as Emma Swan in Once Upon a Time on ABC. Please welcome Jennifer Morrison. Hi, 
Hi, Jennifer. Hi. I'm super glad you're here. I'm super glad to be here. Yeah. And seated to Jennifer's immediate left, he currently stars as Win Shot on Supergirl. He starred on musical drama series Smash and the film of the last five years. And of course, theater fans know him from Rock of Ages, West Side Story, and star turns in Bonnie and Clyde. And of course, Jack Kelly in Newsies. This is Jeremy Jordan. Falling, baby, through the sky, through the sky. I'm falling, baby, through the sky. It's my calling, baby, don't you cry. And rounding out our panel is my very good friend and Tony Award-winning actress from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, recent guest star on Girls on HBO, and star of the new hit film, Bex, Lena Hall. Yay, Lena Hall. Yay, Lena Hall. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, before we get started with talking to you guys about being both stage and screen stars today, we want to play a little game. It's time for a Playbill Pop Quiz. And I hope that you're playing along, listeners. In the spirit of today's episode, we're going to discuss uh, stars that have made it big on the Broadway stage and the small and silver screens. Mm -hmm. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to name a musical and a TV show. And I challenge you guys to tell me who starred in both. Ooh. Oh, no. Nice. I'm Do you like that, Jeremy Jordan? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I feel like you're going to be good at this. I've I'm never met you before, but I have a really strong feeling you're going to be good at this. <laughs> I'm going to be terrible. He's pumped up. He's ready to Here we go. I have to do this. All right. Perfectly. I'm ready. First clue. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Chicago. <gasps> Literally everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, right? What? <laughs> well, B.B. Newarth. B.B. Newarth is correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Off to a great start. One wow, point for well Lena done. Hall. Oh my God. All right. I, can't uh, I got that. Next up, Frasier, Finding Neverland. Oh, uh, what's his name? Oh, you know the one. <laughs> the guy who's on Frasier. Yeah. Yeah. Frasier. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Very well done. All right. It's going to get tough now. Uh oh. Cats, eight is enough. Oh, oh boy! Cats, eight is I'm enough. going deep. I'm going What's deep and dirty into I the never, 80s. I've never heard friends. of Eight is Enough. What is Eight is Enough? Eight is Enough was a was a family drama in the 80s. Not Terrence Mann. No, but I love that you brought Terrence Mann up at all. Um, I'm obsessed with Terrence Mann. Who was in the original cast of Cats? Well, it he was, sure was. No, I, I was asking who, no. but um, oh, well, Terrence yes, Mann he was. was. He, he was certainly the rum was. Tum Tugger. Who played? Who was the original? Betty Buckley. Ever. Betty Buckley is absolutely correct. I feel like we're really hitting our stride now. All right. She is. I got to really (laughs) like Lena Hall is dominating. How am I? I don't understand how. I mean, she's up by one, you guys. Come on. She's up by one. All right. Sunday in the Park with George. Oh. Homeland. Mandy Patigan. Bam. Wow. That was so quick. That was lightning fast. I felt that one coming. Yeah. Yeah. Inside your soul. All right. Spring Awakening. Glee. Glee Michelle. Glee Michelle. Correct. You guys are doing very well. He's faster than you. Still beat me. Anything cats. Right. <laughs> Hamilton, blackish. Oh, uh, David? David Diggs? Diggs. Yeah, David Diggs is correct. All right, here we go. Evita, <laughs> life goes on. Patty. Patty Lapone. Yep, there you have it. All right. 30 Modern Millie, <laughs> younger. Sun Foster. Foster. Well done. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's a Playbill <laughs> pop quiz. <laughs> You guys that won. Was, <laughs> Alina came in at 4,000 points, Jeremy at 3,500 points, oh, and easy. Jennifer right. with 17 and a half points. <laughs> Thank you. Like strong showing, but we know it was a television blockage. She did say Lee Michelle. Yeah, just I just wasn't late. quite as fast as he was. All right, guys, let's start at the very beginning. I want to talk to you guys about your very first uh, stage experiences. I want to talk about shows that you saw that inspired mm-hmm. you, the moment that you, you sat in a theater or watched television and said, that's... What I want to be. That's what I want to do. Jennifer, do you remember? Well, my dad um, was the band director or the music teacher at the high school I ended up going to, but he also directed the pit orchestras for the musicals at the, for the high school. Okay. So from when I was very little, this was like the most special thing we would do. My mom would like dress us up, my sister Aww. and me, and we'd have like little purses full of candy, and it was a very special thing to go see the musical. And so I saw Music Man and Sound of Music and... A Fiddler on the Roof and The King and I and you know like I mean on and on and on Hello Dolly and Guys and Dolls like all those shows really young and it was a very prominent memory because it was such a 
special occasion for us to get up and, you know, get all dressed up and go do that. I love that. I love that it was an event, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. when you were younger to go to the theater. And I feel like sometimes we just make it so casual. Yeah. And I love that. Jeremy, yours. I had a lot of experiences in the theater as a kid, but I never wanted to do it. No? I mean, I saw a lot of shows. My grandma was the um, director of the youth program at the local community theater. Okay. My very first show that I ever did, I was a rat in the Pied Piper of Hamlin. <laughs> and then that. I played, And then I played a horny toad. They called it horny toad. Really? Uh-huh. As a it, child? It was a horned toad. It was oh. a kid's production of Don Coyote called Don Coyote. Oh, Don Coyote? Geez. Don Coyote, Let's the kid's honest, version. That's adorable. Yeah. Uh, so it was a horny toad. And uh, <laughs> How's that but, going for you? But no, I I never really cared about it. I just kind of did really? it like, as a thing that to appease my people. And then, and then I became a singer, and I liked singing and stuff. And uh, it wasn't until I was a junior in high school, and I was cast as the mute in the Fantastics, which really? was very confusing to me because I... You're like, I've got this My voice. previous day's ex- experience was singing and making faces. Like, that's what I did. I didn't know how to act. <laughs> and, like, I was playing a character that didn't say anything, so I kind of had to learn how to listen, and that was when I kind of caught the bug. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Lena Hall. Oh, well, I also... I grew up in the backstage. My parents... Yeah. My dad had his own ballet company, and my mom was his prima ballerina. Mm. So it kind of was born to be a ballerina. Yeah. Um, and and what s- age did you start dancing, actually? Um, probably two. Wow. There's a picture of me in diapers with my leg on a bar. <laughs> like a little bar. It was taken just last week. Yes, yeah. it was taken just like, yes. <laughs> um, so I was always supposed to do something performance Based, but when I was nine, my mm-hmm. mom took me to see Cats <laughs> as it toured through San Francisco. Uh-huh. And after I saw it, I swore Cats were from outer space. And um, after I saw, I looked at my mom and I was like, "I'm going to do that." So yeah, cut to. And then you had a full circle moment because you I went did. on to do Cats. Can I we did. please? Sure did. I please, wish I would. <laughs> like me, remake Cats in outer space. <laughs> it is, but it is like they come in with the green eyes at the beginning, yeah. and then there's a thing that takes <laughs> off, and yeah, yeah, and they just yeah. go into the mothership. Like there's this one cat, and she's real sad. <laughs> so they put her on a tire and blow her through the roof. <laughs> She's all alone. She's all alone. That's the famous Cats review. Now talk to me about what are the roles as you caught the bugs and you started getting into theater, what were the roles that you didn't get? Ooh. So many. Right? Oh, this is silly, but it was like my in my grade school, we did Mary Poppins, a production Uh of Mary Poppins, which... Because I was so sure that I wanted to be an actor and no one else at, you know, seven years old was sure what they wanted to do with their life. Um, I was just very confident that I was going to get cast as Mary Poppins. (laughs) And there weren't like proper auditions or anything. It was just sort of like the music teacher kind of saying, you should be this and you should be that. And they cast this other girl as Mary Poppins and and me as as one of the Banks kids, mm-hmm. and I was devastated. I ended up really enjoying it, but I, I really felt like my career might be over because I didn't get to play Mary Poppins <laughs> in yeah. the fourth grade production of Mary Poppins at uh, Windsor Elementary School. Ah, uh, the Windsor <laughs> Elementary School. I went to Windsor Park Elementary School. Did you really? I did. Look at that. That's a little bonding moment. Mm. Hmm. Jeremy, what didn't you get? The one that pops into mind is Joseph and Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Okay. I was very upset. And I got mm-hmm. cast as Gad, who's one of the brothers. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I stole so much stage time from everybody. I just like found myself in the front of every number. I like bribed them into giving me the, all the good solos. You know, so I Gad totally like st- this. I yeah. stole the show as as much as I possibly could and I was so mad I couldn't play Joseph. Lena? So I was never cast in what I wanted. Really? Yeah, because, well, I always wanted to be like, like I wanted to play Mary Magdalene and oh. Jesus Christ. I was like 13 years old and I wanted to play. <laughs> The right age to yeah, play Mary Magdalene. Age. And yeah. JC Superstar. Yeah, um, I, like I always wanted to play the more adult roles and I was always cast in like the child role uh-huh. and um, like I was baby Louise in Gypsy and not Louise. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I was baby, like I was always the little baby one which 
It's fine. I'm. I was so young and little, and still. I mean, to this day, I still don't get cast in the things that I really. I'm like, I want that, and I won't get cast in it if I want it really badly, except for once, that worked yeah. for me. But if I want it really badly, usually it just never happens. Well, going back to going back to Hedwig, you campaigned for the role, as I recall, didn't you? Like, make a video and like walk through the streets as Itzhak. Oh yeah. Point? Well, I mean, for my audition, yeah. yeah. It was not like I put like a actual Kickstarter campaign out there. No, I but didn't I, I did that, a fake but... one. A yeah. fake one, yeah. A two minute Kickstarter campaign. Tell video. us about that quickly. Well, I know the show, and I really wanted that role. That was the one role I really wanted, and I went after, and I got. Um, and uh, and so I knew that it was a male character, and that I had to look like a dude, and I mm-hmm. knew he was a uh, like an audio tech or like a, a stage tech. Mm-hmm. And so like I came in, and I had a guitar player come in with me, and I brought an amp, and I set the amp up, and like dressed completely in drag with a mustache and everything. And and then for my final callback, they asked me to do like a two minute monologue. Um, or like tell a joke in character. And so I wrote my own monologue about my own backstory growing up in like Croatia in a small town that that was the sole provider of the yak hair for the musical <laughs> cats. I just tried to take stuff that I knew and it like all comes bring back it, to cats, doesn't it? And like there was this whole thing, a, a whole journey where I'm trying to like get to play. Like I love musicals because of cats, because uh-huh. it like it was what the town was kind of built on. And we would do our own like government run like production <laughs> of like Vladimir Lenin's cats because we were a communist. And uh, and, oh my God. Uh, and then Adam like Lennon's cats. Yeah, and then my dad, my my mom, she she died in a big like yak hair fire. And uh, was this on the spot, or you came up with this? Before I had I wrote wrote it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was not she, like impromptu. So no, no, this, no, no. I memorized. mean, wow. And then, That's in depth. <laughs> you really dug deep. Really doing the work. Yeah, That's exactly. The craft. And then uh, and then the whole thing is like I found the tape of Rent, and I was like, this is you know my mom telling me to go and follow my dreams. And then I come to the city. Actually, this is really funny. I come to the city and uh, rent is closed and in its place is Newsies uh-huh. and so like I'm campaigning to uh, kick Newsies out and like bring back the revival of rent so I can star in it and so I started a Kickstarter campaign to do that and like so that I could star as Angel and Rent on Broadway and I did a two minute video that wow. went with the monologue right oh afterwards that's God. a lot to that's pack amazing. into two minutes uh, do you guys go? Do you go whole hoggy in the audition room <laughs> like that, Jerry? Do I go whole hog, whole hoggy. Yeah, I like that reference there. Yeah. Big River. I played that character, huh. and oh. they didn't cut ham for the hog, which was great. Yeah, because they always cut it. Anywho, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I tend to kind of leave it all on the floor, so to speak. Okay. Like uh, when I my first Broadway show was Rock of Ages, mm-hmm. which I was fully inappropriate for, but I had done a <laughs> I had done a EPA or whatever and sang some rock song from the eighties, and they called me back for the swing, which is what I ended up getting. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the audition, I had to sing like the big rock star songs, and then like there's also like this little gay German character as well, which uh-huh. was yeah. hilarious. And I had the classical training, so I'd never done like the rock and roll thing before. And I didn't really practice it very well. I just decided I was going to wing it. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and was going like full thrashing. And I was like <laughs> air guitaring for Jesus and like ah, sticking my tongue out. And I was knee sliding. Oh, I was wow. like using nice. whatever was in the room. I, there was like a randomly, there was a coat hanger in the room, like oh. a coat rack. I like grabbed it and I was like head banging <laughs> off it and I, I broke it. And then I like <laughs> threw it across the room because I broke it. <laughs> All the while singing like, I want to rock or something yeah. like that. And they loved it. And I just kept going and I lost, completely lost my voice. The next three days I couldn't speak. You gave but I got the gift. The, but I got the gig. Sweet. I love that. That's so full throttle. That's great. Jennifer? I'm always confused with like Broadway versus TV and film auditions because yeah. I feel like in LA there's not a lot of imagination mm. with what you look like when you come in the room. So there really is this expectation of like you have to show up like dressed as the character and yeah. it's like a whole thing, yeah. you know. And it's the worst. That's what I'm yeah. doing wrong. It's it's <laughs> real it's real serious, you know. And that's why like every girl in the waiting room looks exactly the same because they've like all followed the stage directions and if it says you're in like a pink shirt and jeans, every girl's in a pink shirt and jeans and and so it's um you, you really kind of like try to be as close to exactly what they're looking for as possible yeah. um, and then 
years ago when I, my first audition on Broadway was for The Graduate. Uh-huh. And I actually was cast as the understudy and I booked a film at the same time. So it was like an interesting oh. like crossroad in my career where I was like packing my bags to come out here to be the understudy in The Graduate and then book this film and had to decide between the two and ended up choosing the film. But when I first went in for The Graduate, I did what you do in LA. I like wore the outfit, you know, like yeah. I looked like Elaine in the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. And the casting director was like, honey, just like, <laughs> you can just wear like normal clothes when you come back. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, but I was like, but I feel like I need to look like, he's like, no, no, no. So then I was very confused because I was like, what do I wear? Like, what do I do now? I yeah. need to not look like the character, but be the character. So I still feel like I have a little conundrum every time I'm trying to figure out what to wear into a room when I'm reading yeah. for something. I have various uh, like articles in my closet that I only keep because I think maybe one day I'll have to dress up like a hobo <laughs> yes. from like <laughs> the, the deep south in the 1800s or something. Like this could be great if <laughs> right. I have to read for some the random only role. Thing I have, only reason I'm keeping this. Yeah. It, is there something to that, the, the difference between auditioning for film and, and for stage? Is there something that you like more about one rather than the other? Auditioning or? is just kind it's of awful in general. It's a necessary I feel like... evil, of course. I, well, what I do like about auditioning for anything off-Broadway or Broadway is they usually do have a reader who's a real actor. So at least you're mm-hmm. having an actual interaction with <laughs> an actor, oh whereas God. in L.A., you're literally like crying and pouring your heart out. And a casting director is like, yes, I see that you are upset. You're <laughs> staring at the top of their bald head. <laughs> like, oh, my God, give me something, you know? Yeah. So, uh. um, so at least you're having a real interaction here and you feel like you actually acted in some way but yeah in in LA you just have to kind of or for TV and film you just have to kind of like grin and bear whatever happens to be the circumstance yeah I do enjoy a self tape I do enjoy a self tape yeah because I can have like my friend come over who's a good actor and yeah. actually like act the scene with me and I have a whole setup now it's so easy like I just like you bring boop, down boop. a green screen yeah, no no green screen <laughs> yeah. I, I need I need all the self tape advice because I've been doing it for years and it has never worked oh it never works but like I so <laughs> see the, oh there you go yeah. I had been doing pilot season via self tape in like New York auditions for years and then the second I went to Los Angeles yeah. To go to do pilot season, I book the first thing. I go in the walk room. I'm like, and it's just like there's an energy that you take into the room with you, mm-hmm. and when you meet the people, yeah. and they like, you know, you do the scene, you act all that stuff, but it's like what you carry with you. That they see the person mm-hmm. they're going to be working with. They see who you could be outside of the character. You know mm-hmm. what energy you're going to bring to set, and I think that's like way more important than anybody puts emphasis on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. Well, I just like the self-tape because you have a lot more control. Totally. Like, it situation. feels great. It feels yeah. great. But, but know, it doesn't work. But there's an exchange yeah. of energy, of course, when you're when you're in a room with somebody and they can, they can feel kind of more of what you're capable of, yeah, possibly. Yeah. possibly. Um, let's talk Playbill for a moment. Do you guys remember the first moment that you saw your name in a Playbill? And what was that experience like for you, Lena? I got really excited because I was in the like the big thing, the big thing that you get the oh, the, the big souvenir with, program. The souvenir, yeah. Yes, thank you. I yes. was in the big souvenir program, but I, my, it was like an insert with the current cast. So uh-huh. like the, for cats, they would never change the pictures; they would just put an insert oh. with the current cast. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Good. So for me, that was exciting. Jeremy, the first thing I remember that that really excited me was when I did West Side Story. I replaced, and I was the two show Tony. I did Wednesdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Oh. But, but you know, they have all the pictures on the outside of the theater. And then, like, when you walk into the palace, like, just to the right in, like, a corner, there was, like, a little picture frame. And they had me in that one. Uh, <laughs> like, all the other pictures were the other guy. But I was in that little one in the corner when you walk in. And I was The Wednesday, Sunday excited. guy. Yeah. I was, I mean, that was, like, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer? Um, I've done far less than these guys have. So, um, my first one was... Um, was for Miracle Worker. And I was just sort of slightly horrified because I looked naked. (laughs) Like the headshot they had sent, I was in a strapless shirt and I didn't realize that. And then the way they cropped it, you saw no clothes. So I just looked like a naked me. Jennifer's like, thrilled to be on Broadway. <laughs> so thrilled that she's thrilled not wearing any Broadway. clothes. <laughs> Working miracles every night. <laughs> and 
she be likes sure to, to take be your playbill home with you. Does that affect now when you when you submit a photograph to be put, knowing that it's going to a playbill? Do you do you alter that? I did. Yes, did I you? was very careful about making sure they sent me what they were sending uh-huh. um, for for the end of longing because I was like, I need to make sure that when this is cropped, you can tell I have clothes on. Uh, so I picked a totally different picture. But yeah, it was nice. one of those things that like I didn't even pay attention to whatever person picked it like sent in you sure. know she's like oh yeah whatever's fine i'm not worried about it and then i saw it i was like i look naked do you guys do you guys keep your playbills do you have a like a collection i have all of my playbills you do every, yeah. everything i've ever seen are you in a show i know you are do you want to add some broadway flair to your school or community theater production well playbuilder lets you build your very own broadway quality playbill program Each playbill is fully customizable for your production. Dates, song title, cast names, production credits, artwork, and even advertising. It's a great way to promote your show, raise money for your organization, and create a professional, printable program. Save valuable time with Playbuilder Express. Select from thousands of pre-populated programs in our database and simply begin to customize your production's playbill. Visit Playbuilder.com to learn how you can create your own playbill today. So talking about stage and screen and the differences there, for if you started on stage, do you remember the first time you set foot on a set? And what was that experience and how different was that from being in a rehearsal room, which is so kind of broad and grand and being on set, it's so intimate? Well, I, d- I had done some commercials, but my first film, I was 13. Oh, wow. Um, it was called Intersection. And Richard Gere was playing my father and Sharon Stone was playing my mother and Mark Rydell was directing it was a very like intense like pedigree of people to just like leap into. It was really crazy. For sure. Um, I, luckily, I think it was like young enough to sort of not completely understand what I'd walked into. But I had been doing all this like community theater and school theater, and so I was used to like acting, you yeah. know. And so um, I was acting, and Mark Rydell came up and he's like, "If you think it, we can see it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so he was really, like, luckily he was so kind about it, but it was, like, my first teacher and how to reel in the bigness of stage and sort of, like, figure out that it was completely different to be on camera. And do you find, do you have to get back into a zone when you go to the stage now? Do you have to go, all right, now this is stage acting? It is different. I I don't, mm -hmm. it feels like a default setting for me because I started on stage so young and was on stage basically from, like, five years old until... 23 or whatever you know and then like and then went off and did film and tv so it it feels kind of like a default setting for me but um but it is very different i mean if i were doing what i'm doing in the play now on screen it would be horrifying yeah (laughs) (laughs) jeremy uh yeah i mean i i was definitely theater i'd only ever done theater until maybe 2010 was when i did my first thing on set Mm-hmm. Oh no! My first thing was in 2007, right out of college. I did an episode of SVU, uh-huh. and I remember I had a scene with Chris, and he was super cool. And basically, the scene was him telling me that my girlfriend was dead, and I was like a 17 year old high school kid or whatever. And I had to like react, and like it was written very much like kind of denially. And uh, and the director had her own issues, but um, <laughs> but I remember taking the moment and like thinking, okay, well, how do I react to being told that somebody that I'm super close to has died? I I don't know how to like get in on this sort of thing, and so I'm like, he tells me, and I'm like, like looking around and like I don't know what to do. Like I in my character, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't know how to deal with this. How how do I handle all this? And I'm thinking I'm doing like this great job. I'm like really like taking in the space. Really having. I'm really like having a a real experience. (laughs) Chris looks at me after like the third take. He's like, "Dude, just look at me." I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Just look at me when I'm telling you, and then react at me." I was like, "Well, that's weird. You're gonna tell me my girlfriend's died, and I just stare at you. (laughs) That's weird." But, like, it was this crazy lesson that I took with me forever, and they didn't end up using that take. They used a take where I was, like, looking over, and I looked <laughs> terrible. It was a, te- I was a terrible performance. Emoting. That's oh, amazing. my God, it was horrible. But I took with me the idea of, you know, like, putting all that and keeping it in, in your eyes and just giving it straight forward. Because, you know, the audience is in the camera. They're not all around the room. They're just in this one point of view. And you, they have to connect with you. And if they can't see your eyes, 
then they can't over. connect with you. Yeah. And that was like a great lesson for me to learn. And, you know, I'm still kind of trying to learn it, but, but it's, it's similar to you. Like I default back to the stage. So I, sometimes I have to remind myself to tone it down. Lena? I, I, Is it a jarring <laughs> thing to go to go in front of the camera for the first time? Well, I mean, I recently just released the first film that I've ever starred in, and mm-hmm. um, for me that was thank you. And for me that was crazy because every day it was my, you know, like I'm there for every single scene. Mm-hmm. I'm in every take. I'm. It's just my face all the time. And then I was like, oh my god, this is on my shoulders, and I've never done anything like this. Yeah. I was like, am I gonna be good? I don't know. <laughs> um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have like a coach or anything on on the set, and I was just trusting the directors like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and basically for me, it was more about um, the difference between kind of stage acting and then um, acting for this film specifically was that for stage, I get to live the character arc over and over again in one go. Like I could just get to live this arc um, and see it through every time, mm-hmm. unless I get hurt in the middle of a show and somebody else has to go on for me. But sure. that's something else. But in film, it goes so far out of order. Uh, you are filming a reaction you're having to something you filmed earlier, and you have to remember where you were in that emotional state and like. And so that it it matches up where you're going um, to the cut, like so the cut matches up to what you had filmed maybe like a week before you can't even remember, or possibly yeah. you're reacting to something that hasn't even shot yet, yeah. and you're trying to figure out, well, okay, so how am I going to remember how I got to this place emotionally when I get there? So for me, it was more like a puzzle of figuring out what goes where. The camera was so, at least for what I was filming. Um, the way they filmed it, the camera was so close <laughs> to me all the time. Yeah. It was really easy to keep it pulled way back yeah. because I was like, there's like a face right here. And <laughs> usually there's a face way out there yeah. that I'm like performing to. And there's like one that's like right here. And it's literally this shot of my face that's like that big that's like my nose. And just that awareness of the camera being so close helped me tone it way down. Um, and not ha- didn't seem to feel like there was an issue with that. I can really feel when someone is, like, at least right when the, the person, the watching, the eyes, when they're super close or when they're really far. That's, that, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But, like, but certainly for me, the biggest challenge is, like, the puzzle of it. Yeah. Of, like, the emotional journey that you go on for a film. Because it is so disjointed. It's amazingly yeah. disjointed. And are, are there tricks that you draw from, from your training or, or to get you into that place and having to insert emotion at the drop of a hat that maybe hasn't been built up like you would on in the journey of a character on stage? Well, for me, it's like if you take the idea of having like a month of rehearsal for a theater, you're doing it over and over and over and over and over again. You know the show so intimately, especially for a film. It's not the same for television because you get a script like... A day before, two days before, you read it like a couple times and then you just like go and do it and then you're on the next scene. But for film, knowing it as intimately as possible is kind of like the biggest Mm. key. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can do that for television as well, if, if it's like a, you know, not a puff piece. For a film, there's the luxury of obviously knowing the beginning, middle, and end and being able to plot the puzzle, as she was saying, you know, and you kind of have to do the rehearsal process on your own. It's just a much lonelier process. So instead of having a month in a space with all these other people and working it out in a collaborative situation, and not everybody does this, and that's why sometimes people really struggle on set, but a lot of actors who really, like, really care about it do this, which is that you just dive into a tremendous amount of work. And I spent hundreds of hours with a script before I ever steps foot on wow. a set. And no one would ever know, like, the homework that I did. And you don't even discuss it. It's just sort of like an expectation that you're going to deliver in the moment. So, right. mm-hmm. But it takes a tremendous amount of um, time leading up to that on your own with the script, you know, with the emotional sort of plotting mm-hmm. out where the emotions are going to land to know that. And then with television, what I've tried to do, because especially with Once Upon a Time, we would jump through time all the time. Mm. So... The, the stretch that this specifically happened with the most was when I was playing the dark version of my character when I was playing Dark Swan. I know this sounds so serious. Yeah. Um, but we were flipping through time between when she was on the verge of turning dark and then going forward to where she was super dark. And I mm. never knew from one episode to the next like where that was all going to slide in with each other. So I kind of created this outline for myself of like these like pillars that I would grab onto mm-hmm. of pivotal moments and then I'd have to fill in 
where she was at emotionally in between those. And I never knew like if I was going to have to slot in five or six places between those two pillars or two. But it was like I kind of had to build almost like an outline mm. of a foundation to hang on to. So I'd be like, okay, so we're we're at this point in her journey. And then tomorrow we're going to jump like two weeks ahead of that. And then the next day we're going to jump like a month before that. And, and in some days we'd go from like her barely turning dark and still being like bright and cheery and like barely having darkness in her to like three hours later I was like ripping someone's heart out and screaming at them, you know? Uh-huh. So it was like trying to find some kind of like yeah. outline for myself to kind of navigate that instead of it just being kind of haphazard. And that's so, I, it's interesting to me that it's such an isolated experience doing all that, all that yeah. work for yourself when you approach a script and have to jump in so quickly. Are there things it. that you guys uh, appreciate more or miss when you're on, when you're on set that you miss about being on stage? Yes. What are yeah. they? For me, yeah, mm-hmm. so much. Well, like for me, at least now. I mean, I'm on. We're on season three of Supergirl, mm-hmm. and I'm like the comic relief, sort of. So I have all like the one-liners and the, you know, zingers and the, you know, cute stuff, mm-hmm. which is great, and it's helped me like hone that sort of side of myself, which I've never really got to do. I've always played very serious characters. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> and um no <laughs> but I miss the connection with the audience. I miss yeah. the the imperfection of theater. I miss the sort mm-hmm. of like in the moment and like you could totally screw up but like you can do it again the next day and it'd be amazing and only a few people saw it and nobody videotaped it hopefully. Yeah. And I just and also whoever saw it, they don't know the difference because yeah. they only saw what they saw. Exactly. Yeah. And I miss like what you were saying. I miss the I miss the journey. Like, I miss the journey every night. Like, the full, like, two-hour-long arc of this character. And to be honest, I mean, I'm a total control freak. I miss being in control. Hmm. And you, there's a massive lack of control, especially in television, where, like, you just show up, you do what you do, you've done your work, and then you have to let it go. And then, mm-hmm. you know, months later, after hundreds of people have touched it with their fingers and kind of, like snipped it and pasted it all together you hope they pick the right take that makes you look good not the one where you're like oh my god my girlfriend's dead <laughs> you know you, it's like you it always are, comes back to the SVU Shelby Shelby was that her name Shelby it was, it was her name yes her name was Shelby <laughs> oh, anyways Shelby. but like you're in control of the final product yeah. like you yeah, get to deliver really it on you. like yeah. I'm I am the vehicle I'm like the vessel and, and I you know it, there's a danger to it and it's mm. really it's exhilarating yeah Lena so true like filming the movie I really really trusted the directors completely I was like I just want to make sure do you guys have what you need like do you need me to do anything different like and they'd be like yeah it's great I'm like it is are you sure like I feel like so like wait what okay you got that they're like oh yeah it's perfect I'm like I don't know I don't even know because I don't even I'm not seeing what they're seeing they see the whole picture like and the editors like they take what they've got and And they're able to edit it's amazing different versions of it like you can do in theater from night to night right yeah I mean I really love the I love I love the full I love an audience of course like an audience especially for shows for Broadway shows it's like well for any live theater any live performance at all, your uh, your last character is the audience and how they respond to the show. Mm. And it adds so much energy. I mean, so much you can get from them that pushes you through the show and gets you to where you need to get to. Whereas film, it's a very different experience. Do you guys but find that when you're on stage that, you, that your performance is affected and changes based on the energy and response from an audience? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I think that's inevitable. I mean, yeah. you know, there's... There's certainly a consistency because, you know, like you were saying, it's ingrained in you from the rehearsal process. You've done it so many times. You know it so intimately. Mm-hmm. You've kind of had, like, it's been noted to death by the director by the <laughs> time you open, you know. Yeah. And But but even with that sort of baseline where you know, like, a certain thing is going to happen a certain way to a certain extent, like, you, you can't control the fact that that energy is in the room. Like, it just mm-hmm. is in the room, you know. And, and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that feels like, an obstacle, but for the most part, it feels like it it drives the performance. You know, it's like some nights, the show that I'm doing now is it's for the most part a comedy. I mean, it's considered a dark comedy because there's some serious moments, but like 
there's some nights that the audience just listens really intently and will think like, oh, they hate us. They right. hate us. They're not laughing. They're not, you know, and then at the end, they'll like fly out of their seats, whereas usually audiences don't, you know, so it's like, well, like, oh, my God, they were just like paying really close attention in a way that we didn't realize, you know, so it's, yeah. it's just interesting. They just engage and like latch on in a different way. And that definitely kind of drives your performance, at least subtly in one way or another. Yeah. It can it can push you to like to to be better as yeah. well, you know, to like okay, you know what? I got to step up because you I need to do I really need to give something greater than what I'm giving, you know. If especially if if you feel like you aren't like, you know, you're not 100% that day or something and they they can really kind of take you to that you know, yeah. complete level of performance. That I will win them over moment. Yeah. yeah. Also, they like want to enjoy it. That's you, And you can yeah. feel that. No one goes to the theater <clears throat> wanting to not enjoy it. You know, right. they've paid well, good money. Well, there are some people. Well, maybe, I guess. But they right pay about, good money yeah. and they, you know, whatever. <laughs> Midwestern dads who are going to see cats with their kids. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I find that it's, I usually feel like I'm, struggling the most in the anticipation of a show starting like I feel like oh, oh, and then as soon as I step on the stage the energy of the audience like lights yeah. me up and I'm yeah. like fine yeah. it's just that like 30 minutes leading up to that I'll be like oh I'm so tired what's, I'm so tired what's also great about that which is hard uh, to emulate on a film or television set is that is that giddiness that anticipation that sort of love things that like that drives you and you could be sitting in your cast chair for two hours between takes yeah. on set and then have to like somehow give yourself energy to jump back into a scene when you don't have an audience. You just have like a few crew guys who want to go home just as much as you do yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and somehow reach that same level of performance. Yeah. But yeah. it's doubly difficult. Mm. Do you do you guys find do you get, uh, for lack of a better word, do you get stage fright? Do you get anxious and nervous before a live performance? Depends on what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it really it depends, depends on what, on what it, is. it is. If if it's the first time, the very first audience, yeah, yeah, always. And then after that, I'm just like, oh, whatever. But like, say it's for some one-off thing that's mm-hmm. gonna be filmed and like for and seen by millions of people. I don't know. I, I sing the national the national anthem for like a football game, and they were and they were like, it's airing, and I was like. Oh my god! I've never been so nervous oh, wow. in my life. Because that, well, something like that too. It's like you can't mess up the words. You can't sing like crap. Like yeah, it's yeah, national anthem. It. People really judge you. Really, really judge you. You, you can't know, it's things like, like that. Crap. Yeah. No, Rule you number can't one. Sing like, yeah. Or if you were going mean, to perform you can. It's on happened. like performing live on the Tonys, that is oh, like wow. nerve wracking. It's just things like that where it's it's a live performance, but there's this added thing where you know everyone's going to see it, and it's. And it's it's captured forever, so you can't just like let it go. Mm-hmm. But like that's yeah. but that's another thing that like frustrates me sometimes. I don't know. I I'm on the fence about it. Like what I love about film is that it it's just it's a it's a moment in time that is captured forever, and you can look on it anytime you want. Mm-hmm. With theater, it's never. Like, unless you're lucky enough, unless you're lucky enough to have, like, when they did the Newsies movie. Yeah. Like, unless you're lucky enough for that. I mean, that's amazing. I, I, I really like that. But, like, everything I've ever done, it's just, just nothing except bootlegs that are so bad. And you're just like, why? You know, it's just, it doesn't, it does not represent the show well. Yeah, because, you know, I feel the same way, though. Like, uh, if I've rehearsed for, for a month or forever long and I've got this thing down and it's ingrained in me. I'm not nervous. I'm more excited. I'm more like anxious to go out there and try it out and figure out what what it is, and then go back and fix it and work on that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, riddle me this, my friends: mm-hmm. uh, if you could bring any uh, stage character to the screen, oh. <laughs> what would it be? What's your What's your dream on screen musical character moment? My senior year in high school, I played Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Yeah, and it was so fun. I mean, it really was maybe the most fun I've ever had on stage. It was just like, I know it was just my high school performance and whatever, but it was like, I don't know. It was a really, we had a really strong group of kids who were in the theater program at my school. So mm-hmm. it was like a nice cast. And my dad, like I said, directed the pit orchestra and he has an inc- he had incredible musicians. So it was like a weirdly like sort of like the best version of a high school musical you could possibly yeah. imagine. And um, I don't know. It was like my senior year. I was leaving. It was Fun group of people. It's a fun character. I'm sure we could make that happen. Someone's, <laughs> someone's got to produce that for you, <laughs> Jeremy. It's hard because most 
shows come from movies these days. So yeah. it's like you get you know, they do it go backwards. Um, they do go backwards. Mm-hmm. They do. They do go back again. <laughs> yeah. Just go around and around, really. Yes. Um, I would love to redo West Side Story. I know it's like a classic, but... I hear a million teenage girls shrieking right now, thinking about you doing that. <laughs> As Maria. Uh, absolutely. Yes, Jeremy Jordan is Maria in West Side Story. Redux. I would be the only one wearing a white dress. <laughs> I think, what mirror where? Yeah. I think that I would want to do... I don't know. I feel like Yitzhak needs his own show. Oh, like uh, Yitzhak would need a TV show because he's a weird, funny character and, uh-huh. uh, and the backstory and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's just. I want to see odd... be subtle with that character. Oh, he can be. Oh, he's. <laughs> it was all about subtlety. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. I barely moved my face, like literally. But like, that would be fun. But I would love to play like um, Ann Wilson in like a heart, like. A movie about heart, oh. or if I would stop aging and they would happen, and it would happen soon, I would like to play her or some like, like a, a really amazing female. I mean, Janis Joplin, but they're doing that. I didn't get it. Obviously, I really wanted it, and I went in for it, <laughs> and I sang the crap out of it. But um, no, or maybe they redo Jesus Christ Superstar, um, Ooh, which is one of my favorite. And you know no, 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 dreams. honey, I don't want to play Mary Magdalene. I want to play Judas. Oh, he's got the cool song. I have, have to believe Judas that us putting song. all of this out there in the universe is gonna is gonna bear some fruit. They're so doing it. Let's... They're doing the, the live thing. The live thing, but that's the they live are. thing. You know, but like, yeah. I would watch if you were Judas. <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it otherwise. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, unless, well, okay. unless Lena does it. I'm gonna team up with you on that. We yeah. can, thank you. We can push for this collectively I, over here. I would I love mean, to play Judas. That'd be risks with those with those things. I'm so excited about all of those prospects. All right, friends, I know you love Broadway, and I can only imagine that if you're anything like me, you love a good vacation. So why not combine the two and take a Broadway-themed vacation with Playbill? Playbill Travel has been hosting the biggest fans of Broadway all over the world on incredible week-long cruises that get you up close and personal with the biggest stars of Broadway. I'm not joking. One night you can hear an amazing and intimate performance by, I don't know, let's say Tony Award winner and gorgeous human being Christine Ebersole. And the next morning you'll be going on an incredible excursion through Iceland with her. If you don't believe me, check out PlaybillTravel.com to take a look at Playbill's latest cruise up the Rhone River in France, where guests and Broadway stars had the time of their lives. Playbill Travel has three amazing cruises lined up between now and July of next year, so head to PlaybillTravel.com to book your soon-to-be most favorite vacation ever. All right, guys, one of the things we love the most being here at Playbill Presents the Broadway cast is we get to have a conversation with people out there who are doing theater, actively involved in either school productions, community theater productions. Uh, a wonderful young lady reached out to us via Twitter at the Broadway cast, um, okay. and she's in Texas, and we're going to dial her in right now. Rachel, are you there? Hi. Hi, Rachel. You're on the Broadway cast with Jennifer Morrison, Jeremy Jordan, and Lena Hall. Hi. Hey. What's up? Hi. Rachel, where in Texas are you? <laughs> I'm from Tyler, Texas. I'm in East Texas. Tyler! Tyler, yes. Texas. My my grandma lived in Tyler for a long time. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I know. <laughs> what's, your, <laughs> what's your grandma's name? Maybe they know each other. Her name was Helen Hicks. She was a bus driver, school bus driver. She was? Oh. Yes, now she's retired. <laughs> Rachel, I understand that you're working on a you're working on a show. Tell us what uh, show you're doing and where. Um, right now I'm in Legally Blonde the Musical, and it's at Tyler Civic Theater Center. That's fantastic. And, and when does it run? Um, opening night is July 20th, and it runs for three weekends. And how are, how are rehearsals coming along? Um, they're going really great. Tonight I learned the choreography for Whipped Into Shape, so Ooh. I'm a little nervous. How, who are intense. you playing, Rachel? Um, I'm a sorority sister. I'm Leilani. Yes. Now, L- Lena, you've got some you've got some history with the with the Legally Blonde. Oh God! Speaking of being on film. Tell us, tell us about your connection to that, Lena. Ah, uh, I I did the uh, reality show. You did? I did yeah. the what? MTV reality show. Yeah. What is that? What the do you mean reality show? Woods. Yeah, it was called Legally Blonde: The Search for the Next L Woods. Oh. And I was the token we- rocker weirdo. I-, I was so not ripe for L Woods, but <laughs> I was like, I had red hair. I had my real name, Selena, and so that's a good way to kind of. That's good. That's a good way to like. And that asked me. Oh, I thought I did a good job. Rachel, do you have a question for anybody on our panel here? 
If you could ask Jeremy Jordan anything, what would you ask him? The pressure. So much pressure. She's so composed. She's like, I'm Rachel and I'm... (laughs) Even I am fangirling out sitting here with you guys. So, (laughs) Rachel, you've got it going on. You're cool as a cucumber, baby. Thank you. Um, I guess what's the biggest difference um, in living in Texas and moving to New York? Good question, Rach. (laughs) You. Are you wanting to move to New York, Rachel? Of course she does. Yes. She doesn't want to live in Texas. <laughs> yes, I was there earlier this month and I didn't want to leave. Oh, oh, amazing. It's, it's. I mean, it's a world of difference, you know. I mean, nowadays, you know, you're, we're so connected, you know, everybody's, you know, has access, access to everybody else. You know, when I first came out here, it was a little bit difficult being away, but I knew that this is where I needed to be in order to do all, you know, all the things you wanted to do. But it's, it's, an, it's another universe here, man. It's, it's. It's different. New York versus Texas is like New York versus literally everywhere else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Mars. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. Where cats are from. And then. Yes, exactly. So, like, it's. <laughs> Back it's, to cats in space. Always. But no, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, Tyler's a small town and New York couldn't be more opposite. And I think you're, you've lived there probably for a long time. And it's, it's time for a, a, a cool change. And uh, you'll find out pretty soon whether it's something that you love or something that you might want to double back on, but there's no no place like it, so I'm excited for you to come. New York will certainly let you know where you stand with it, won't it? Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Rachel, <laughs> we wish you the best of luck with your production of Legally Blonde. Everyone out there, go out and see a community theater show. Go out and support a school show. Get out there and enjoy the amazing theater that's being created all across the country. That's I love right. that you're doing that, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. We love you so much, Rachel. Bye, Rachel. I'm fangirling Have fun. over Rachel right now. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this has been absolutely fascinating. I've had such a wonderful time. I had a darn good time. So I want to say thank you so much to Jennifer Morrison, Jeremy Jordan, and Lena Hall. Thank you guys for joining us here on the Broadway cast. Best of luck with all of your stage and film work. This is your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, saying... Have a great show. (laughs) Peace out. Make sure you tune in next week when we welcome the Broadway bros, Derek Klena from Anastasia, Simba in the Lion King, that's Jelani Remy, and star of Bandstand, Corey Cott, right here on the Broadway cast. Can't get enough of the Broadway cast? Well, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media platforms at the Broadway cast. And if listening just isn't enough for you, make sure you head over to Playbill.com where you can catch exclusive behind-the-scenes video footage only on Playbill.com.